Linux OTC. Welcome to episode five. We're your hosts. I'm Bill. I'm Norbert. And I'm here. Because Norbert comes before Leo. Does he? That's I mean, that's alphabetical. There's, there's no rules. It's driving me nuts. It just oh, we, we were <laughs> supposed to do it alphabetically. I don't know. I I might. It's just I don't mention it because it's one of those things where it's how my brain works. Like OTC people, I get called OTC all the time, well, and it let's drives me nuts. Let's just go by nuts. last name, and I'll be first. There you go. Uh, that won't work. Sure it would. That means you got to start doing the announcing on this show. And Welcome to Linux OTC, where we give you your Linux ah, too over bubbly. the counter. Too bubbly? Are you? I'm on the show. Like, mm. I'm here. <laughs> you just get the bubble, man. So I got to get where you're at? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just saying that if I were to do the intro, that's what it would sound like. It would sound more, it would sound more lively. May, I mean, I didn't make... I just want it to sound like it's coming out of that that angry, uh, pi- uh, I about said pigeon. Uh, <laughs> Stop chatting so much. Our <laughs> our angry. Uh, why can't I think of it? What penguin would, on ah, the website. Go. What would Norbert sound like? Wait, wait. Do you want do you want me to do an angry penguin? Yeah, do an angry penguin. It's Linux OTC. Hate fish. <laughs> you got problems. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a krill kind of bird, okay? Oh Lord! All, all right, right, so Norbert, but give me if a it was, if it was give, up give to me, like the a... show would be called uh, "It's Linux O'Clock Somewhere." Hey, whoa! I mean... Welcome to "It's Linux O'Clock Somewhere." I'm sorry, I have That's a, right. I have a sore throat, so I, I cannot do voices. Right I can now. tell you're not yourself right now. Yeah. Well, so what, what would, the, mean, what would Linux OTC? What if you were going to intro? What would it sound like? Norbert. Well, he. I look. At, I look at Lenny. His name's Lenny, by the way. Um, I look at Lenny and I think use guys. Use ah. guys come here to talk about Linux. I see. Okay. Linux and all things open source. You think you know something, man? I got it. All right. I feel intimidated. But I don't want to do that. I so. do feel intimidated. So if that's what you were going for, uh, I think I think you nailed it, man. But you need like a like a tank top and greasy hair. I feel mm-hmm. like that. I would that would kind of complete. Don't yeah. look real good in a tank top. <laughs> well, I don't think that matters, Bill. I think oh. uh, I think you just got to commit. So you gotta you gotta be in it to win it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, the audience to me. will know if you're if you're you know half-assing. Right, they do. They do know when you're phoning it in. I'll tell you what. You've got when you do this show and you do a show that's more blue collar. You get two fundamentally and dynamically different audiences know your audience different yeah and they have very different priorities and very different uh opinions about things and different ways of interacting with you Uh, obviously my other show i've got to i've got to interact with people on facebook and all that which oh that was your first problem uh, makes me want to swallow my tongue but there you go you know for normal people i say normal if there is such a thing, uh, Facebook is the internet, you know, it's true. It has been and always will be. Um, and it's about the only thing I use it for anymore is that show. But then you, those people are 
opinionated about uh like the way trucking is going and the way people talk to each other and all that and and then you come on a show like this and people are very opinionated about technical issues so i could probably opinions make... about things that you love hmm yeah <laughs> sounds like a people problem i mean it i mean, it's i don't know i don't really see it as a problem at all but it it you have to you have to put on a different cap you have to put on a different hat when you're and Bill, it's interesting. are you code switching? Mm, I am multitasking. Ah, I, I am. It's, it's almost like speaking two different languages because you, you really straddle two completely different worlds, ideologically different worlds, That's, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We call that code switching, man. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to use that. Turns out I may be also doing some code switching because, you know, how uh, people in non English speaking countries, such as myself, uh, tend to learn English from American media because American ah. media is uh, oh you know, important God. a lot everywhere. But lately, in the past years, I've been taking a conscious effort to sound less American and more European since I'm in I'm yes. in Europe. But but whenever I'm talking to American people, I just can't help my brain turns itself into a more American way of uh, just That's pronouncing everything because yeah, it is yeah. code switching because yeah. Because for some reason, when you are among people and you are the old one out in terms of like pronunciation, your your brain tra- sort of tries to fit in. Exactly. Yeah. We're we're uh, we're simple creatures, and we like to fit in. Uh, it's just it's the human condition. So uh, yeah, it's it's just a natural artifact of who we are as a species. It is really cool, though. I mean, I I lived in Germany for a few years, and and it was interesting how many people you you could almost develop an expectation that at least seventy five percent of the people would be able to speak English to you. Now you come over here, your average person doesn't even speak English, hardly speaks English. Yeah, <laughs> let alone any other language, and it, and it just kind of it it kind of it makes you feel small in a way because. Being bilingual everywhere else in the world is a normal thing. And then you are at least bilingual, perhaps even more. How many languages do you speak, Norbert? Well, I uh, I speak Hungarian because it's my, my native language. I have a in Deutsch in Grundschule. That was a long, long time ago. I, I, I cannot speak German. Ho studiato un po' di italiano, parlo un po' di italiano, because I had to take... Uh, What's interesting is that, uh, you know, what you call first and second language over here, we just call native language and uh, first uh, foreign language, because if you are going to a normal uh, high school, you have to take a second foreign language. So that was Italian for me. And a language that I want to learn, but don't really speak is Japanese. Nyongo Benkyo. Uh, Nyongo Hanasemas. Yeah, so I mean, the but yeah, out of all of those, I, I just like languages, but the ones that I can hold a conversation in is just English and my native language. That's the okay. two. Yeah, and that's and the, because of that, I think the big reason that uh, being bilingual is so common is because people who whose first language is not English have a high in, in they're in what's the word? 
they have incentive to learn English because that's just that's just the default way of communicating to everyone else. You can have like that's a, why we never learn a second language. Yeah, you you uh, can have a business meeting between a, a Chinese person and a Dutch person, and they will just speak English. And yeah, I think uh, so. English is kind of the universal language, then, in a way, or it's the. <laughs> Yeah, I think, what do you call I think it? most people, at least around me, uh, that know a second language know it because their family spoke it at home, not because they right. learned it in school. I think the only time I ever really hear anybody talk about learning a language in school is, oh, yeah, I had four years of that. I don't remember anything. Well, they kind of carry through with English, though, in schools in Europe, though, right? It's, it's... See, because over here, you might, like, get introduced to a language in school, and it's usually, like, either a semester or a nine-week class, and then you're not required to take any more than that. And really, it's never enough for somebody to learn how to speak a second language conversationally. But I feel like in Europe, they might carry through a little bit more in terms of uh, English. I don't know. Is that true or not? Uh, What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, like I said, here in the States, you might take a foreign language for a semester, which is, uh, what, like 16 weeks or something like that, and then you're not required to take any foreign language beyond that. Now, you can. In college or in high school? Or in high school, yeah. I well, think. For, for me, it required two years, so that would have been, um, that would have been at least four of your 16 weeks. So you were required two years of okay, that that then, uh, I don't think that exists here. And then you could elect to take two more years, so you could take up to four years. Uh, and I think most of the schools around me offer that uh, and require that. But I, I mean, wonder if that's because of the proximity to, or the you know the no, more. No, you dense... could have taken French. Really? Yeah, you could take whatever. I mean, there uh, depending on the size of your school. I mean, the languages were it just dependent on. If you had a fluent teacher on staff, that was pretty much the requirement. Uh, but yeah, I mean, down here, obviously, Spanish is going to be what uh, what most people take because it's most useful here. Right. Well, I mean, it's useful everywhere because, I mean, uh, you have you have a strong um, uh, Latino Hispanic. Uh, workforce mm-hmm. all over the country. Well, on top of point. that, I think if I'm and, not mistaken, if things haven't changed, Spanish is still the number one mostly spoken language in the in in the world. But uh, I mean, English wins because you know the dollar. Isn't it Mandarin Chinese? Is it? I thought it was. Uh, ah, pop quiz. You know, I, what the, the reason? What the what reason country I think has that, uh, that, that is still true is because uh, Bad Bunny is the number one most listened to artist in the world. Maybe not. not him, yes, wow. but maybe not the language. Quick pop quiz: what, what's what country has the biggest? Uh, yeah, <laughs> what country has the biggest uh, Spanish-speaking population, native Spanish-speaking population, or maybe just Spanish-speaking? I think it's the U.S. Brazil, actually. the U.S. No, they're Portuguese. Now they're like Portuguese. Yeah, some Portuguese. As a matter of fact, yeah. But did you say two years of uh, uh, language classes? Throughout all of school, uh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. what Bill was saying that in that typically uh, across the pond, it's more. Yeah, basically over here, I, I mean, at least in Hungary, there's eight years of uh, right. elementary or primary yeah. school, and, and then I mean, and there's quite two, long enough. Yeah, and there's the four years of uh, high school, and basically from year four up to the very end, you have language classes every year. 
And right. if you if you take English, uh, start English in grade four, and you do high school as well, you will have uh, English classes every week when you're at school from grade four to twelve until you graduate. So we are basically. Yeah, and, and and I can yeah, see how useful that yeah, is. Yeah, language classes. I mean, different. yeah, I am actually quite shocked that it's not as a, of a requirement in the US because over here, I mean, it. I, I can see that because, you know, from when you start, uh, when you pick up a language in year four, you can only choose English or German, I think. And when you pick um, up, and when you get to picking up a second language, second foreign language in grade nine, it can be something like uh, Spanish, Italian, French, Russian, things like that. But uh, I mean, German and English, you know, German is is uh, uh, is quite common in Europe. So I can I see the reasoning behind those two. But it basically, if your country's language is not one of the most commonly spoken languages in the world it makes perfect sense to require to be to have a requirement for learning a, a another language i guess i just oh, right, didn't right. really think about that while i was uh, in school because i wasn't really uh, uh, i didn't really know many people from english speaking countries and and that makes a lot of sense. Now I mean, look at you. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I think um I th I think the the opposite side of that coin is why we never learn a second language or why we don't press it as hard as uh, as other places just because Amer uh, American American is spoken in so many countries that uh, we just we just let it go. Well, we got that neo nationalism thing going here where Careful I almost now. feel Careful like uh, oh, gosh, yeah. Yep, I'm going to get myself in trouble again. <laughs> but I think it's true, though. If you push too hard and start, if we came out and start, started saying that people in the United States should start learning this language or that language, I feel like you would get some pushback. Now, I, I don't even, uh, even if we were able to, uh, to scale that mountain and actually you know, win that argument, um, it wouldn't really matter because... Nobody speaks that language a lot of times, and you're going to get by fine with English in this country. until yeah. Just like programming languages, until you want to use that language to do something constructive for yourself, you're never going to learn it well enough. That's, that's right. the thing, right? Like you can get it pounded into your brain, but it's never useful to you and never, um, and, and never really solidifies until you want. To do it, and most people see language classes as a, oh, I got to do this to get my credits so I can be done with school. A yeah, like a elective class. Right. So even if to we were to to scale that mountain, I don't think people will still be, or I don't think people would be using that language anyway. So they forget it, and it kind of ends up being useless. Uh, what uh, I think I would use Spanish quite a bit. What's though. the language choice? So what languages can you pick if if you want to learn a language, let's say in school, in high school? I mean, it depends Usually. on where you are. I think yeah. like here, it, it totally depends on who is fluent and who is teaching. Spanish and French mm -hmm. are going to yeah. be your two yeah, biggest ones. Mexico, Canada. Yeah. yeah, because while the U.S., I'm, I, I don't even know. I think officially the U.S. doesn't have a single official language. I'm, I right. might not. I might be mistaken. Am I right? I do it depends on who you ask. Yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> but at the same time. Uh, the U.S. is like is is a very big uh, cultural uh, melting pot. It, you want to use the word there, but exactly, uh, uh, <laughs> and it should be that way. 
So there's yeah. there's a bunch of languages. So yeah, it makes sense to have language classes in in a local commonly spoken language. Yeah, of course. And I'm thankful for all the the multiculturalism that we enjoy nowadays. And it, you know, it brings some it brings so much more color and texture to life in general. I think you know, with the food and the the different ways people decorate and uh, the different activities that different cultures bring you know it's it i think it you can tell when a community has embraced uh multiculturalism you see it you just see a little bit more life i think yeah in those places kind of depends i guess um you know one of the one of the things that that i see a lot around here right is like tacos right um <laughs> the, the tacos that most people can get are terrible for you the the tacos as they should be uh, or as they, I guess, once were, right? I guess it doesn't matter who you are. You can make a bad. Um, has a whole lot of vegetable and everything in it. Um, so you get kind of the wrong idea with uh, with what you see a lot of times. My first wife was Hispanic, and she used to tell me that all the time. They don't, they don't make, they don't make real Mexican food here. <laughs> well, now I wasn't I'm going like, that what? far because don't like you. I, I think we need to understand that uh, um, there's a whole lot of sugar and stuff down there. Mm. I mean, the same problem that, that we're going through, they're going through. So they can make it just as bad. So calling it real anything. Mm, but uh, Well, I mean, she used to say that they all this sour cream and cheese, oh, yeah, you didn't yeah. see, you don't see any of that, the, the cheese, maybe a little bit of cheese, well, but nothing see, like and that's what thing, we're right? used to. It very much depends on what part of Mexico you're from, uh, if, if that's even the country we're talking about. Um, that uh, that means you're you're having cheese, you're having flour, you're eating more corn, you're eating more whatever. Uh, Mexico is quite large, and and just like in the U.S., um, people are very different in the different corners yeah. that you can find. And yeah, they'll turn their nose up over green chili uh, versus red chili or something like that, right? Like they're they're the same. They're all the same. And it's not hard to imagine that a lot of the tourism culture has kind of spilled into the rest of the country yeah. in certain ways too because a lot of a lot of the really popular resorts are down there where people like to go and of course they're going to make food because Americans like American stuff you know they're going to learn how to make things that people like down there and then that that sort of influence it's going to work its way outward you know well they know what sells and if it sells yep. you're going to make it so you know and if you is, if you ask someone over here in Eastern Europe to to name typically American foods, they will uh, probably oh, say yeah. the first thing they would probably say is hamburgers. Burgers. Yeah, I knew it. I yeah. knew it. And um, interestingly enough, maybe also pizza because of things like the New York style pizza. Uh, and uh, I'm, I, I'm but, a Detroit guy myself. Yeah. I like I like the crispy. You know, it's interesting how New York is famous of of its pizza because you know when you when you think Bill, did pizza, we touch a nerve? Are are you? You just. I've got a lot the... to say about pizza. Oh, man. oh go I ahead. Go ahead. Face. I didn't get this way from not eating. Oh, so wow. <laughs> go ahead. Well, oh, uh, so I like the Detroit thing too, yeah. but I think the Chicago thing rules. Oh my God, it... that's a casserole! Um, get out of here. Yeah, but if you if, gotta it, eat it, your pizza with a fork and a spoon, man, is it even both? Pizza? They've got a garb. The one thing that's that's popular around here in the midwest is the garbage pizza where you literally do have to eat it with a spoon so, okay because what, i've never heard of this what is this i mean it's just it, it's 
about eight times more topping than it is crust. I, I'm already, so I'm the, the crust is not capable of holding it up. You know, honestly, you, there's no way to pick it up if, without it if spilling. You, if you relax on the salt a little bit, relax on the cheese a little bit, sounds more healthy than your regular. There pizza. is nothing relaxing about these garbage pizzas. Well, you have that's got why they to call be them in it to win it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they they're just packed full of everything. Yeah. They're just, I mean, if you're hungry and you want to throw something down your neck, yeah. you know, that's. But I always kind of the attitude. But pizza and and burgers have gotten the same treatment that treatment that tacos have gotten, which is they they added a ton of fat, added a ton of salt, and added a ton of meat to it, which takes it kind of down the uh, the health slalom there. Um, so I mean, you could make a probably a pretty healthy pizza and a pretty healthy burger, but uh, why? Yeah, who's gonna nah pound of bacon, throw it on there, and 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 they do. By yeah. gosh. But you're right, you know, the, the the Chicago pizzas are, they can be a little ridiculous depending on where you're getting them yeah. from. I, I don't, but, don't get me wrong, I would eat one and I would enjoy the heck out of it. But man, like, <laughs> you know, when I, when I think of pizza, I, I usually think of either something that's uh, nice and crispy or something that I can fold and just like shove into my face. And that's the New York style, right. except you yeah. need two people to help you hold it. Oh, you turns, out I, I have, <laughs> turns out I know nothing of American pizza because... I have no idea about the differences between the different local uh, pizzas. And so uh, you're sh- if you ask me what's the, what's the difference between like uh, traditional Italian pizza and American pizza, I would have probably said American pizza tends to have a, a thicker crust. I mean, I mean a, a, just a thicker right. dough. I'm not sure there's any such thing yeah. as a, quote, American pizza. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what regional, I'm slowly realizing. And, and then even within regions, they're fighting each other over why or over, yeah. over you know what's real and what's not real New right. York style pizza. You know, across the street, these people. <laughs> oh, there's two very famous. I couldn't name them right now, but there's two very famous places in New York that are in this sort of food battle uh, that's been going on for I don't know hundred years or so. Um, but they're the both places have these enormous size slices. I mean, one slice and you're you you're need. done for the day. Yeah. yeah, and you're supposed to walk around and eat this thing. Well, you see, you're supposed <laughs> to walk it off. That's that's the idea is that you eat three thousand calories in a single slice, but then you're also walking, you know, ten miles. <laughs> yeah. So Norbert, someone, yeah, so you're walking it off. There's someone I, I know. I have a question who... for you, Norbert. Yep. Um, if you had to pick, because I know you've tried them all. A regional pizza in America that you love the best, and all the rest are trash. Which one would it be? Well, I always tend to go for pizzas with a thinner crust. So, which which one? Okay. Which ones do? No, you have, have to pick. I can't tell you. No, 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 no. We can't tell him. He just has to guess because that's well, gonna be is the pizza that that he crowns, and all the rest are terrible. Oh well. Huh. Okay, I you know you gotta get a little bit lucky here. I well, guess. I have pick some random. The only way I can get out of this is to be completely objective. So I'm going to uh, do this sci- the scientific way. Uh, I've heard about the New York pizza Google secret search. being <laughs> no. I, I've heard about the New York pizza secret being the tap water in New York. Somehow it just it has just the right chemical. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, composition to make the dough really nice. So 
scientifically, I will have to say New York Pizza, even though I have not been to the U.S. and I have definitely not tried any U.S. No, take that part out, Will. Take that part out. You heard it here first, folks. Norbert hates anything that's not New York-style pizza. <sighs> well, because to, to everybody everywhere else in the world, all we have is New York and L.A. Oh, that's true. <laughs> um, Pineapple on pizza or not, Norbert? I don't hate it. I like it. Watch what you say. Um, but you will also have to remember that uh, Ostudiati Italiano, Palo Italiano, oh, I wanted to say I've been to Italy, but ironically, I, I couldn't suddenly say how to say. I couldn't say I've been to Italy. Uh, oh, Statuale Italia, maybe? Yeah, so. Sounds good. But you know, yeah. the, I don't know when, whenever I he- see or hear people arguing about food, it's the same. The cuisine is very much like open source and free software. Oh, you, you try, that. you try a recipe. Sorry, yeah, you try a recipe, and then you change it, and you fork it, and you publish it, and you give it to someone. And if nobody tried things that are not quote unquote traditional, then cuisine would just not move forward at all. The people and everybody who first... thought up to this point that we weren't talking about open source and we weren't talking about we were the, getting the to the point. You just had to. It, we it took you know it took thirty. You're minutes welcome, to get folks. Here. Yeah, but Norbert <laughs> put a nice, neat little bow on it, and food is like open source. And like open source, each project or each each place has got its one thing that makes it the special experience that it is because as you was describing the new york pizza one of the things about new york pizza that sets it aside is that they some of those places have been cultivating the same yeast for 50 years uh they'll they'll have a they'll have a master dough in the in the refrigeration system and that is that is the same yeast cultures that has been growing yeah. Ah, yep. Exactly. Ah, ah, he did it again. That's twice. And then <laughs> he's so, so he, good at this. He makes a good point, and then he leaves. Did he leave? <laughs> Is it just me? Oh yeah, you froze up for a second, but he's back. <laughs> that was that was the mic drop, wasn't it? That sure was, man. That just happened. So so do do you name the yeast? Like if it's I mean it's fifty years old. It has to have a name, right? I mean they it sits in there and. You got to know people. If the power goes out, the first thing these people are thinking about is I got to make sure that the yeast is okay. Mm-hmm. You know that they're thinking about that before they're thinking about anything else. You know, and that's what makes that's what makes eating a pizza from a place like that so that's, special. That's is. why people name their applications. It's why people name their distributions it's to set yeah. it aside. I mean, do we have heirloom dis- distributions? It's Debian, right? Debian yeah. and Slackware and these Arch and the older ones, right? Like Arch are the ingredients. And yeah, man, this uh, see. And there's rich histories behind all of these projects, you know, at this point. Yep. You know, it, we've been around long enough I now. I should know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, especially things like Debian. I mean, and it and it's it's as rich as you're willing to go back in time and do the research on. I cap it at 30 and, minutes. I can't do more than that. 30 minute boy you need somebody that talks real fast i try to <laughs> yeah so what we've been i guess we were trying to do a uh, series on self-hosting yeah we might as and, well talk uh, about five minutes of that before we have to yeah go. right we got very little time 
do that real quick, and then I've got a lightning round question I want to ask you guys. All right, Norbert, you've been you've been tinkering more than the rest of us, I think. Well, I haven't been doing a lot more than what I uh, had uh, last time. I oh, okay. am slowly just migrating over to Nextcloud. I found uh, that there is no Nextcloud calendar app for Android, but there's a tool called, uh, I found it on AppDroid, it's called Dev5x, I think, or Dev5x5. Dev5. It, let it lets me sync my Nextcloud contacts and calendar to Android, uh, which will which Android will see as if it was uh, synced from like a Google account. So it integrates into Android nicely. So I can just use any calendar or contacts app that would otherwise be displaying my Google account contacts and uh, events and it just uh, I can just choose uh, it appears as an account so I can just keep using the same calendar widget and uh, contacts app and everything that I've been using just not with the Google account not with the Google contacts and calendars uh, backend but my by my own next slide which is nice and uh, I have been Transitioning other things, I started using Nextcloud Notes, for example. Oh, I love um, Nextcloud Notes. It's one of my favorite yeah. things about Nextcloud. It has Markdown. Oh, yeah, that's it's exactly. Markdown, that's my... hands down, greatest feature of but, Nextcloud but You can install Nextcloud and install nothing else on top of it and still have yep. so Markdown. Here, here's the thing about that, um, is that mar uh, the Markdown in Nextcloud Notes, uh, especially on the web, specifically on the web, um, does not need a preview function. It has one to make it nice and pretty, but it does not need one because what happens is like whenever you create like the, the big heading or something like that, it, yeah, it, it takes it gets, the markdown, but also text. cranks up the markdown itself. So you do not need to preview it to kind of get an idea of what things are going to look like because it does that within the markdown itself. And I think that is the best feature. Pretty much every Markdown editor I have, I have to do two panes, right? Where yeah. Markdown on this side, Preview on this side, so I know what's happening. Not in Nextcloud Notes, which, I mean, that's the killer feature of the notes for me. And the same thing, the same effect is also, thing. it's also uh, working in the Nextcloud Android app. The, I mean, the yeah. Notes, Nextcloud Notes app. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's that's great. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love and, uh, about Nextcloud. Yeah, so I'm also moving from Google Photos and Google Drive to over to Nextcloud. Good. And yeah. I have officially canceled my Google One storage plan. Even better. Good man. And uh, I've also started setting up a Samba share. Samba is one of those things that I've always just uh, didn't really, haven't never really bothered learning because I didn't really. There's the, there is no learning Samba. You don't learn it. You it, try to configure it properly yeah. once. Yeah. What do you need that for? And then never touch it. Yes. And because I'm on NixOS, basically, I just copied the 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 sample config from the wiki. I I changed oh, changed so you some. Didn't learn it. Yeah. I yeah, but I read I read <laughs> through it and it makes sense because uh -huh. NixOS on NixOS when you when you tell it to do the services dot samba dot enable equals true, it takes that and it will set up everything it needs in order to make it work. And then well, you of course I'm gonna it, have to get on that bandwagon. Of, of course yeah. it makes sense when you take somebody else's configuration and then just read through it. I can read through a bash file and be like, oh yeah, that, that makes a whole yes, lot of sense. Yes, but it's also Ask surprisingly me to write it? 
<laughs> yeah, but it also, it's, it's also surprisingly short. I mean, the all the Samba config in, in NixOS. Yeah. It, it should be if your configuration is simple. It's when it starts getting complex that... that what really... what are you using Samba for? What do you need Samba uh, for? Basically, the stuff that I will I want to put on Nextcloud is mostly photos and stuff and other files that I would usually want to access wherever I am on my phone. But the Samba share is for files that for larger files that I would tip want to have access on my Windows desktop, like media files. So, on your Windows, yes, okay. it I makes sense say, that uh, syncing exists with Windows. Yeah. If it's got to be with Windows, it's probably I, mean, I, I just cloud sync. You yeah. can do that. Yeah, I know. I'm still I'm still learning. For now, I'm happy. I'm happy that uh, I've Samba never tried was, the desktop was app surprisingly for Windows. Easy to set up. You pick a directory and it syncs it. Yeah, yeah. basically, I use it I on have, here. I have very simple uh, needs when it comes. I just want to be able to hook up a external hard drive to my server and just uh, point a share to it, and I can just access the drive on any of my computers, and it's it's really nice. That's your one advantage with Samba is that you'd be able to set that up, and like basically any operating system can just. The other day, Leo, you mentioned on Telegram something about a half-broken Samba config being... Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then... Because you had a power and, outage, right? Like. Uh, yeah, I had a power outage yesterday. And all my computers right. were running. <laughs> and, Yikes. And, and that's what I mean. Like, you know, little weird surges and stuff like that. Um, that, that, that that's really where the data corruption comes from. These days. Yeah, the and then it came back for, like, five seconds and went away again for, like, half right. an hour. Right, so... So my uh, what I was telling Norbert at that point was, um, if you if Samba ever dies or is misbehaving for some reason, you'll always have it in the back of your head that was it the power surge? Did it mess with the configuration? I mean, how something? can it? I mean, I'm I'm saying that, but I stuff I... in the buffer doesn't get saved correctly ah. because the stuff in the buffer is corrupted because of the power surge. Yeah. Well, I would argue when the surge happened, you're, you're, you're I basically moving... had no files put uh, in that uh, in that directory right. so yet. You were, so yeah, okay. you're probably fine. But yeah. I mean, you know, it's at least for me, it's always it, it's always back there. Yeah. When the power came back and UPS. went away for the second time, that I just helps. unplugged everything and waited. Yeah. That's and... smart. That's what I do because we have uh, large um, electrical storms here. You know, lots of lightning and stuff. Happens a lot, and uh, yeah, when it gets bad, I'm like, you know what? We're just shutting her down for today and unplugging everything. It's probably not a bad idea. Yeah, the yeah. blackout was a. I rely on this UPS. I've was... got it uh, quite a bit. See, but you could unplug that during the storm. Uh, unplug the UPS from the wall. It it'll beep at you, but I mean, you would still yeah. be safe, and it would save your UPS. You wouldn't have to replace the UPS. It might take surge, uh, but. You know, if, by the time I'd get done shutting down all these things elegantly to unplug that UPS storm would be over. With. Well, that, that, but that's what I mean. Like, don't <laughs> don't even shut anything down. Just use the thirty to forty five minutes that you have on the UPS. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Just ride out yeah. the storm and then plug her back in, and you're good to go. And that's probably not a bad idea for conditioning the battery too. Yeah, exactly. A battery at full yeah. charge all the time is going to degrade right. faster than one sitting in the yes. middle or being used. Yeah, that's always been the case. I'm starting to think may maybe I would uh, even be fine with like a 10 minute or 5 minute UPS. Is there any way to yeah. to have a UPS to send a shutdown signal to a Linux system? 
Oh, yes, sort of, but not really. Um, the UPS doesn't necessarily have to do it. Uh, the it, When your non-battery-powered devices detect they're running on battery, you can set up that to be the trigger uh, to hmm. shut something down. Because so, what yeah, I'm thinking... The UPS doesn't necessarily send the signal. Maybe like an Ansible script that's tied Just to a simple home assistant script, or yeah. something. Hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll do... That can... And just have, have, have the script listening for that trigger. On battery yeah, power, yeah. give it one minute, and then shut it down, right? So that you can, you mm -hmm. have a little bit of buffer time to like, oh, God, I kicked the thing out of the plug. That's why it's on battery power now, so let me just plug it back in. You've got a little bit of buffer time. You don't want it to immediately go down, uh, especially, yeah. you know, when mistakes Because I'm thinking. But then I'd have to be here physically to... I would have to physically be here to power cycle this stuff back on. Well, yes, but you want it that way, right? What if the electrical yeah. storm lasts for two hours, right? It's just best for it to be off and not yeah. not in danger. It's a, it would be an interesting challenge for somebody like me that where I'm only here on the weekend, and then I got to make sure this Mintcast website is up all week long. Yeah, well, that's that's what a jump box is good for, right? I mean, a little Raspberry Pi that you can SSH into that you can use to SSH into everything else. Uh, or just use tail scale, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that kind of re removes the need. And so yeah. if one box is up and one is misbehaving, but yet there's still communication, um, you know, you can maybe, maybe get past uh, whatever's hanging it up and then maybe give it a reboot or a whatever. Um, but other than that, like if it's down, you have wake on LAN and stuff like that as well. Some of the even, you know, regular consumer stuff has the ability to do wake on LAN. So maybe that would help solve the problem when you're on the road. Yeah, maybe I'll have to look into that. Yeah. It has not been a problem in real world application but, yet. But if we know anything, it will be one day. Yeah, things tend to change. And uh I don't know. I feel like they're sort of fixing the infrastructure, the electrical infrastructure. Around here, they are. They've put up a lot of new towers and things That's like good. that. And it's and it's cut down on it because we were we were going through about a ten year period of time there where it just every time the wind would blow, somebody would get power knocked out, and it was all because the the grid was built when hundred years people, ago. Yeah, I mean back when people would be outside all day long and not inside running. When when grounding wasn't even a requirement. Right. Yeah. Exactly. In fact, my parents' house down the street does is not even wired up for it. Yeah. So. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I guess we better wrap it up then. All right. Well, okay. Um, so you threatened us with a question. Yeah, I did. Okay. Here's a lightning round question, and folks, I did nothing to prepare my co-hosts for this. But this one I is pose C. to I'm you. I'm choosing C on this one. Well, there is no C. There's no A or B either. Well, then there's a C. Chew on that. <laughs> Norbert, what is Linux? Hey, Colonel. He's going to say it. I knew it. I knew he was going to say it. That's what I was going to say. No, Linux is a way is of it, life. Is it just the kernel? It's a way of life. Oh. <laughs> I think he thought that's the answer I was looking Bold. for. Yeah. What do you think, Leo? What is Linux? What is Linux to you? I think I think technically, yeah, Linux is the kernel, but I mean, closer to what Norbert said, I think uh, Linux has become 
a community of mostly free and open source stuff sprinkled in with a whole lot of proprietary stuff that makes a huge ecosystem. So the answer is Linux is an ecosystem. The, pro yeah. the proprietary stuff being the firmware that the hardware is using and also some software that's running on top of your OS. So it's really just a of sandwich. It's, 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 all, it's a sandwich. All the way up the stack. No, it's a sandwich where the bread is proprietary and the filling is open source. Because you have it can be you have proprietary yeah. firmware, open source operating system, and then some proprietary programs that you are running. Well, no, no, okay, so that's that's changing, right? Because System seventy six is doing the core boot stuff, which is all open. And then you have the the Libra kernel that has all of the proprietary bits stripped out. And if you just follow what is free and open source, then you could have you could a free yeah you could have stack. a completely open source stack from top to bottom. Is a framework, uh, but does that does that fundamentally change the the dynamic of Linux? Though is is this thing that is completely open source? from top to bottom, is that more Linux than my Archbox over here where I'm no. running? Yeah. Linux is Linux no matter how you use it. If you if you just take the Linux kernel and everything else is proprietary on top of that, still Linux, um, why, why would you want it any other way? Why would you want to close Linux off to software that people would need to migrate to Linux? Okay. So then does it make sense, does the argument or the, the desire to want to make Linux more accessible, and well, not accessible, more palatable to normal people who are expecting consumer-grade devices, does it make sense to desire that kind of a thing? Did that make sense? Does it make sense to want Linux to be something that is available the same way Windows or iOS is, where you can go into Best Buy and Walmart and see machines sitting on the, on the shelf, and then a normal person can take this home and have the expectation that they'll have access to all the tools and software so, that they're used to using. Wh what I heard was, do you want Linux to be good? <laughs> well... Yeah, because my point is that in order to create something like that, you would, in effect, be removing the things that brought people like us to Linux to begin with. You uh, would well, I don't essentially think, I don't think be it's mutually exclusive. I don't think by adding some of that uh, optional stuff that you would also remove like the privacy respecting stuff, right? But don't, it, don't you think that the, the, people, the focus would shift? I, no, no. I think the people that work on Linux for the love of privacy, for the love of openness, for the love of the freedom, will not stop. They're just going to keep doing what they're doing. This is a modified version of how come you keep making the same software and just calling it different names and different groups of people working on it. It's because you have the freedom to do so, yeah. Um, and so by by you know commercial companies coming in and adding a bunch of proprietary bits on top of Linux, so that's that is that is the beauty of Linux. It is beautiful because you can do that, not in spite of it. Right. And 
But do you think maybe that if if all of a sudden we lived in a world where you could go and buy a machine and you could install Pro Tools on it and and Appleton and uh, all the all the really gold standard uh, software packages, and now all of a sudden everybody is installing that stuff and using it, and there's no more excitement and focus on things like Caden Live and and why and, why uh, would there projects not be? like that why would there not be because Caden Live works on Windows and all of those things already work on Windows and guess what I use on Windows Caden Live what? I can use DaVinci oh. Resolve it's free but I don't because I prefer open stuff and the people that are developing it wouldn't just decide to well I guess I better go apply for a job at DaVinci they don't because the open stuff is there because people love the openness of it, not because they're winning or something. There is no yeah. winning in that. I'd like to think that was true. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I worry that that, that what little resources that are that are out there, the, the, and we're going to be covering. But here comes the question. You're about to get to the point of people need to consolidate and work on one open source project so that that one can become really, really good and compete with the other ones instead of having all of the other, all of the other different, like Olive and uh, OpenShot and Caden Live. Those guys should come together. No. The power of Linux is in its diversity, going all the way back to what we said about food earlier. The diversity is what makes it amazing, not that it is as good as DaVinci Resolve. That's just icing on the cake. But it existing and the people working on it, that's what's beautiful. So there you have it, folks. We could have all these wonderful things and still have all of the things that we love about Linux. You can have your cake you and eat it, too. Isn't that something? What do you think, Norbert? I got a little passionate there. Sorry. Yeah, well, <laughs> hey. but as far as I know, the... Uh, uh, well, I was going to say that I've heard of Caden Live being used in a professional setting, but I can't. I'm not really sure if maybe I'm mixing it up with something. But if something like Caden Live is used by in by someone in a professional setting, I would be interested to know. But also, whenever I hear about Linux and uh, uh, professional video editing software, I always think about the uh, the animation industry. The animation Linux Linux workstations are just the standard in the animation industry period that is true that yeah is true. you know recently uh, there were Pixar, news yeah. about dreamworks open sourcing their engine uh, one of their some of the software pixar is also using linux workstations for editing i think oh, they've been i think they, i think they've been using centos not sure what they use now yeah the the reverse of uh, what i said before is true davinci resolve runs just fine on linux but yet, yeah, somehow, I think the Caden I think Live like, developers yeah. are still developing Caden Live. Why didn't they stop? It's going to keep going. Right. It's a good point. Let us know what you think, folks. Email the show, linuxotc at proton.me. You can comment directly on the website, linuxotc.org. Send us an email or uh, hit us up on the socials. Oh, yeah, we got. Uh, a Discord, a Mastodon, and a Twitter now. And the shows will be automatically announced on all three of those things. Bill, why don't why don't we have a Facebook? Well, because nobody would use it. 
<laughs> Somebody would. I think Mitcast has got one, and I don't know if anybody's been oh, on poor it. Poor Joe. He's he's the only one manning it, man. And and is, I think it's is still he, got the old Mitcast symbol yeah, on it too. Is he manning it? Uh. I don't. Think, he's like he's thrown the little hint out there like several times. Yeah, Bill, I was thinking about making you a a uh, admin on the Facebook page. Well, when when he makes you an admin on that Facebook page, you just spin up Linux OTC too. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I don't I don't blame anybody for not using it. I just throw the idea it, of maybe a Telegram group which I uh I, I think uh, is a more well at least uh, in my experience uh, Linux folks tend to uh, gather on Telegram more than on Discord. Yeah, I I was really hoping to know kind of organically where uh a community was going to get like spun up, you know. It's going to be WhatsApp. <laughs> I don't have that, and I'm not going to get it. So that'll be all you guys all day long. Says the guy so, that has a Facebook you know what, folks? Oh gosh, <laughs> I think I got three, but we're not going to get into that. Um, <laughs> Triple, nice. Wow. Yeah. No, I had a Facebook account because I happened. I was back in school in 2004 when it was called the Facebook. And Woof. I actually yeah. set up an account well, I had, I had, back then we, when you we had to be in did. college to get one. We all did. So, um, all right, folks, we'll catch you in two, in two weeks. Until then, I've been Bill. I've been Norbert. And I'm still Leo. I will continue to be. Right. I listen to too many British podcasts. I, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs>